back to the show. It's the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 107.1. What did you eat at the Golden Globes? Uh, I didn't go, but it looks like they were served sushi. If you did, call us, 651-641-1071. While you watched it, did you eat sashimi? Probably not. Actually, I did have sushi that day, but that's a whole nother story. Okay. Great story. You want to tell us about it? Well, I had a horrible migraine, and I asked my oh, boyfriend uh, to get me some sushi. Well, that's nice and of he him. did, he, because he does not do sushi. So that was very nice of him to go share. Yeah, that is very he nice. He took pictures of it. It was grocery store Target sushi. It's fine. And uh, he did a great job. Oh, good. Okay, Paul Giamatti. He won for The Holdovers. Totally deserved that award. It's a great movie if you get a chance to see it before the Oscars. If if anything, see that. It's just, oh, so fantastic. Um, so after he won his award, which this is his third Golden Globe, by the way, I'm like, you are amazing. He went to In-N-Out Burger. And um, that's a move perched alongside his tray of food was his golden. Oh my God, he brought it with him. Well, I guess he has to, right? You don't want to leave it in the car. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think he was alone. We don't see who he was with. I'm sure it was, uh, you know, his significant other or publicist. Not sure. But the person that took the photo was pretty darn close. Looks like he's on his phone at the same time. But man. It would must feel really good to work that hard. Yeah. Get in that. I feel like this is a trope, right? Like post LA award show, you have to go to in and out burger. Yeah. You know, like typically you'll see women like, Oh my God, I haven't eaten all day. And now that I've like, you know, I, I think this is stupid, but like there's this whole narrative like I had to starve myself for this award ceremony and now I'm eating a greasy cheeseburger. Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah, I don't think it's quite the same archetype, but still totally relatable. After like something stressful, busy, professional, you just want to sit down and eat some fast food. That's right. Now, um, if you did win a major award, (laughs) like a Christmas story, if you won a leg lamp, no. If you won a Golden Globe, what would you, if you had to escape and go to some fast food, what would that be? Culver's, 100%. Double bacon butter burger. Thank you. And oh. then I would have a Sunday afterward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I With hope crinkle you got cut a fries. Mike? Uh, burger King, nuggets and a rodeo burger. Thank you. Yum. Oh, rodeo. Not a chicken sandwich? Nope. Okay. Fine. I'll save one for you. I'll get one thank for you. you thank you. It's yep. very Dawn? nice. Don, how about you, Don? Um, I would definitely go to Smash Burger and get mm-hmm. a double cheeseburger. And then I would get a strawberry milkshake. Yeah. Got to have and a shake. And some fries. Mm. Do you like shakes or malts? Malts. Mike? Um, I don't think I know the difference. Malt has malted powder in it, so it's got that kind of like a, it's got a different like flavor. Whoppers taste. Yeah. I don't love Whoppers. We'd have to so get a shake. Okay. I am a malt person. Yeah. Me My too. partner, Jamie, he does not like malts. He's like, eh. I'm like, well, more for me. That's right. Yeah. It's got a signature taste, okay. which I quite enjoy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, that's. I I'm I don't need to win a Golden Globe though to drown my <laughs> sorrow slash stressful life in fast food. Yeah, I literally just need to have it nearby. Do you <laughs> reward yourself with stuff like that? Do no. you go, okay, I have been really good all month, and now I'm going to go get this? I will, but it's not usually fast food. It's usually like I will throw in a uh, throw a bag of Doritos in my cart, or oh. you know, go get 
like fried chicken that I really like cub fried chicken. That's usually my splurge. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't, I, I, it's not that I don't like fast food. It's just, that's not my instant go-to. Yeah. Um, cause most of the time I think cause I forget and oh. I just am like, I'm at the grocery store when I want to have my little splurgy moments. Yeah. You plan it out more. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you drive home, do you have a lot of temptations mm-hmm. or is it more? Okay. No, I've never had that. Jamie, he used to deal with that all the time. I don't want to say deal like it was a bad thing, but like he would, he would succumb to that much. Like he would be driving home and think to like stop at a place. And I just, for whatever reason, I don't, that's not my kryptonite. Mm, right. Yeah. Like yeah. for some people, fast food is their kryptonite. It's like secret eating. Well, I mean, that's a whole separate topic, but yeah, for sure. And what's so funny about secret eating is that your significant other doesn't care. Like if you said, hey, I stopped at Taco Bell, they'd be like, okay, that's fine. I mean, nobody would care. So here's what will happen. I go like, uh, this is dumb and it's not the same, but kind of. I will go to the co-op, pick something up on my way home, and I will get a muffin. They have these like pumpkin spice muffins this time of year. And they're, it's just a treat that I'll get usually on a Saturday, like after I'm coming home from the gym and I'll stop to get a couple other things. And then I stop and I get one Mm -hmm. of these muffins. Well, then I throw the bag because I'm getting out of my car and I throw the bag in the trash. And then Jamie will say something like, I see you. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I it's not it. like I'm hiding my muffin. It's just the garbage is there. I know. But same yeah, here. but it's the same thing, yeah, right? Like, what like, are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing there? You, what do you got there? You hiding? Did you bring me anything? No, I don't have to hide nothing. I'll eat it in your face. I love, this is a classic um, Jason and Alexis story. Um, Alexis once got some secret Taco Bell and she did not want on hell to know about it. Yeah. And she was fine. She got rid of the evidence. It, she it probably aired out her car. And then she came in with some other things and put the receipt on the counter. Oh, God. And he's like, what is this? <laughs> and she had to fess up to getting Taco like, well, Bell without him. I think the secret part would come if I knew it was something Jamie wanted and I didn't give him any. <laughs> no, sure. Then I would have to keep it a secret, right? That's true. Yeah. But like, normally I'm kind of bad because I will come home with things and be like, I got you something. He's like, I didn't ask for anything. Stop trying to sabotage me. me. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. I just needed an excuse for myself. So uh-huh. I'm, you know, I lumped it in with him. We do this thing when we're driving around. It's usually when we have, we're going to like four or five different grocery stores uh, to grocery shop. And we'll say, one of us will say like, oh God, I'm so hungry. What's at home? And then it's like, there's silence. I'm like, I mean, well, it's like he's hinting that he wants to stop somewhere, yeah. but he doesn't want to say it. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, I mean, we could go here. And I know that behavior. Bellies. And if I'm not interested, I shut that stuff down right away. Yeah. And then afterward, he'll be like, I mean, I was trying to get you to do whatever. And I'm like, I know. Yeah, I know. And I always I get an down. apology afterwards saying, I'm sorry if I'm taking you off track or if I'm tempting you. And now oh, you that's are very off sweet. track. Yeah, that's very sweet. Well, you're your own person. You can make your own choices. You're but a big I, girl. Yeah. But when when someone's steering the boat and they're like heading towards a dock. That well, of has... course. Then you want somebody to jump off with you. <laughs> exactly. Right? Oh, boy. All right. We could talk about food for days. <laughs> yes. Because we are food motivated here mm-hmm. on the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. But when we come back, Dawn is UFO motivated, and she's got a story all about a shocking development 
on the government's conspiracy to deny us the truth about unidentified aerial phenomenon. That's what they're called, UAPs, Don. And actually, they're not even called UAPs anymore. Oh, they've moved on? I think so. Oh, Lord. Anyway, you're going to tell us all about it when we come back right here on... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. My talk 1071. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with celebrities, but we are interested in what the government has to say about unidentified flying things. You love <laughs> UFOs. UFOs. You think I aliens love are among us. They've abducted humans. Oh, yeah. Or they are just here. With Sasquatch and the Loch Ness Monster. No, I don't believe in Loch Ness. Okay. <laughs> but I do believe in Taylor Swift. Okay, moving on. You think she's an alien? I do think she's a, not really, but she but has a lot of signs. But you keep saying it. I know. She does have a lot of signs. <laughs> okay. Um, so what's going on with UFO World? Okay, UFO World. Um, uh, the House members are going to receive classified UFO information in a briefing. And that will be this Friday. The reason why this matters is that... Um, there was a whistleblower named David Grush, and he is actually um, holds held some pretty big titles. He's a, a major in the Air Force and an intelligence officer. Um, and then in the organization, organization National Geospace Agency, he was equivalent in the military of a full bird colonel. And then he also was a full bird colonel, full bird colonel. That's how he addressed himself to Congress. Um, and then he is also reported to the UAP task force. So with all that being said, which is now what the government calls UFOs, yes. unidentified aerial. Uh, uh, it's it's phenomena. actually not aerial. It's something else. Unidentified. Yeah, not aerial. Um, it's amalgus. It used to be aerial, I think, but then they were like, not everything's in the air because there's like these marine UFOs that I've uh, that I was reading about, mm-hmm. or things that are unexplained in the water. So it's unidentified. Anomalous. Ah! Um, anomalous. An- anomalous. Oh my gosh! Come on, this third grade word there. What am I it's doing? It's not a third grade word. Okay, but well, anyway, maybe my school. <laughs> Unidentified anomalous phenomena. Anomalous phenomena. All right. So if you don't remember this guy from actually, it wasn't that long ago that he had this this um, 
briefing with Congress because he brought up a lot of things. Uh, We have a clip here. The first part is him addressing how much access he had to this information, uh, being an intelligence officer for the Air Force. And then there was a question asked about um, something he talked about, that there's basically an alien body. Due to my extensive executive level intelligence support duties, I was cleared to literally all uh, relevant compartments and in a position of extreme trust, both in my military and civilian capacities. Uh, I was informed in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program, uh, to which I was denied access to those additional read-ons when I uh, requested it. I made the decision, based on the data I collected, to report this information to my superiors and multiple inspectors general, and in effect becoming a whistleblower. If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries, yeah. Um, Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. Ooh, so there you go. That's what this is all about. It was a really big deal last year that he stepped forward and talked about these things. Uh, But then, of course, when he started asking more questions, he was shut down. They're like, yes, you have full and complete access to everything. And then he was like, oh, well, what about this? Can I look at these reports? They said, no, you can't look at those. Uh, the people who were in charge of having those documents, I guess, his superiors, the government. uh, And then, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the thing that I've always been bothered by with this story, because it's fascinating, he essentially alleges that people told him that these things exist and that the government has this program. He doesn't have any first-hand knowledge. So everything he's saying is hearsay, which... He's fascinating. He sounds like a credible person, I think, which is why a lot of people took him seriously. And certainly the government has had hearings on worse things. Don't get me started, but like in terms of wasting our time. So it's not that I don't think that there isn't something there there that perhaps people should ask questions about, especially because it's, you know, a democracy we live in. And Mm -hmm. if there are things going on. But, um, like, the idea that there's actual alien bodies rolling around just seems a little far-fetched. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm on the other side of thinking that anything is possible and, you know, that we are probably not alone in this universe. And But it, those are two different things. Like, right? Like, I agree with you. I think yeah. that the idea that somehow we are the only life in the universe, but when you start to look at the actual probability that we would be close enough for anything to ever or be at the same time in existence in our babillions year old universe as another intelligent, like you just have to get a huge leap to then think that they're little green men. So that's where I would draw the line. But it's not that I think asking questions is a bad idea. Right. So now there's a caucus that has been put together a bipartisan uh, committee and um, they sent a letter, a letter that they wanted more information on this. So, that's why this is happening. This is actually not an open meeting, so we don't get to hear it. It's like a classified briefing. That's correct, yes. So one of the representatives um, says, I just want transparency. We've got a lot of questions. We are also paying millions of dollars to investigate these things, and we should be able to see the results. So I agree with that. Yeah. And another article I read um, 
they were claiming like, listen, we don't we don't want you to tell us how we don't want it to be a threat to security when it comes to the government and how they conduct retrieving craft or anything like that. That's that's something that we realize you can't publicly talk about. So we don't want you to say how you got these craft or how you detect you want them. them to say that they exist. That they exist and what you're doing with them. That'd be terrifying, though, don't you think? Do you think people, how would people react? Um, well, uh, I'm not saying whether they should or shouldn't. I'm just saying, like, wouldn't that just cause you, mass chaos? Well, I think it would. At I least... mean, not getting a Stanley Cup at Starbucks causes mass chaos. Yeah. So you think it would, obviously. I think it would. Yeah. So then do you think that the, these boobs in Congress are really going to like be the ones that are going to tell the truth? Nobody's ever going to know. Unless it it just I don't think that they're ever going to tell us. Yeah. And that's too bad. I think there are definitely unexplained things that I wish we could know the answers to. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that they're going to be the like smoking gun kind of thing that we want. I don't think the U.S. government is going to ever reveal any of this. Do I think think Canada will? Yes. Oh, okay. What makes you say that? Because there have been people within the Canadian government, very high in the Canadian government, who have said, yeah, we'll talk about it. Oh, or, yeah, we, all right. we definitely have or seen Or like UFOs. in Mexico when they brought that guy in and he had those little <laughs> alien creatures. <laughs> That's what you're going to end up with. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, at least you're on the beat, Dawn. Dawn is hopeful. And we wish that little green men would pay a visit. But don't abduct Dawn because we need her on Aww. the show. We just want her to have that experience. A healthy one, not, you know, you don't want them to cough on you or anything. Okay. Or no probing. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Welcome back to the show, The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Oh my gosh. Um, we need to talk about Cher. Share. Oh. Um, so we don't talk about share a lot. We should. Um, my info on share in the last week. Oh, I didn't get any info, but I did see pictures on the internet. <laughs> like somebody her... showed up to Don's house with a yeah. envelope. Here's your share info <laughs> for the week, Don. Uh, MC said, "Here's People Magazine for the week." Well, and there you go. In one of them, um, one of the issues she was it actually was online. I saw pictures of her dressed up. It was a photo shoot where she was had a huge wig on. This thing was taller than Marge Simpson's wig. It was blonde, and she was straddling her 37-year-old boyfriend. As she should. Yeah. I mean, share in a wig straddling a man. Yeah. That's exactly what should happen on a day that ends in Y. 
But that's actually not why uh, we're talking about her today, even though in the midst of that, there's this huge conservatorship battle that's raging between her and her son, which is what caught my eye last week. He was missing. That is Elijah Blue Ullman, uh, her son. I think he's, what, 30 something years old. Anyway, he was missing last week. She is trying to get him into a conservatorship. And this all has to do with some drug addiction, substance abuse and other mental health issues that he has been dealing with. And she has claimed is a life and death proposition, meaning this conservatorship is truly going to keep him alive. And that's why she has tried uh, in court to become a conservator for her son temporarily so that uh, she can prevent him from uh, not being in this world anymore, essentially. Right. Um, However, a L.A. Superior Court judge decided then, after the story first came out last week, uh, over the weekend or on Friday, the judge said, yeah, so Cher, here's the thing. I'm not saying no forever, but you didn't cross all your T's and dot all your I's mm. on this particular uh, case. Yeah. So um, we're going to have to revisit this issue again in a few weeks because his attorneys, that is attorneys for Elijah Blue, need the time to respond to the allegations and the evidence that you're presenting. And somebody that has a really big problem with all of this is his wife, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that could be. I'm not sure what she said um, recently, but I know in the past she has gone back and forth with Cher. But I know Elijah, this is the other other twist in the story, is that he ended up being in court uh, after he was allegedly supposedly missing. And he did make a statement, which was, and this is pretty clear, uh, in the filing anyway, he made the statement, quote, while I understand that my mother, the proposed conservator, believes she's looking out for my best interests, and I appreciate her love and support. I do not need her unsolicited help or support at this time. Mm, so yikes. that's that's pretty, you know, that's pretty <sighs> clear where he's coming from. So she's going to have another crack at this in a couple weeks. Uh, apparently, in the court filing, he says not only is it not necessary through the words I just read, but he says he acknowledges his addiction, irresponsible spending, but said he is under the care of a doctor and has been sober for more than three months and is attending AA meetings and willingly submits to drug tests. So that's his defense. Okay. She'll have another crack at this in a couple weeks, like I said. So who knows? But it says clearly things are pretty stark that she feels the need to intervene. Because, I mean, as we all know, a conservatorship is no small thing. Absolutely. There was talk, I remember, before Christmas that were it was really shocking. Like, what? There was all this news about that she kidnapped him and took him somewhere. Um, And that didn't seem very legal. Yeah. That she just captured him. Yeah. I don't know if she sent him to rehab. Or I don't remember the exact did. details, but you're absolutely right. So it was this, like she had men come and like take him. This is, this is a story that has been around for a while, and he's clearly struggling with some stuff. And I totally understand a mother's impulse to want to protect her child. I guess this particular timing uh, came about because there was a payment. He gets money from a trust from his dad, mm. his late father. And there was a payment pending, and I think she thought, like, with that payment, he's going to do no good. And so I need to stop that from happening. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, I don't know everything about being a mother, but I do know 
that if you... Well, technically you do. If you're a mother... Well, I don't know everything about it. I have never been in this situation. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it. mothers have the authority yeah. based on their motherhood. But okay. yes, continue. And I've never been in this situation anywhere close to it. But I've found that if you really push back on things, then usually they go harder on it. Yeah, you know, especially if they're you know under the age of eighteen. But since he is, how old is he? For in his forties, forty-seven. Yeah, I think at that point, it's really, I don't know, this is really tough because as a mom, you would, if you see that you can see the writing on the wall or there's been a history of bad behavior, you see that you might lose your son. You would do anything to stop that. You'd think, yeah. But then is it, did you cross the line to capture him? You know, or or doing all of this is this just very overbearing? Those are all great questions. Or is it like, hey, I can take care of myself. I did have some problems in the past, but now I'm fine. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's just sad all around. I I just think like whether you know whether you're the mom, whether you're a a significant other, you don't have a solution. Like you can't solve the problem in and of itself by yourself, but this might be one way for her to intervene in a way to keep him from harming himself temporarily. Oh, sure. And that I'm assuming the judge will have to weigh in on um, because I would imagine she's afraid that he'll, you know, uh, spend the money on drugs and then bad things happen when you spend money on drugs and that might seem like a temporary intervention. Will that solve the underlying problem? Probably not. I just, you know, my own experience from drug and alcohol abuse is that if the person is not willing to get help, mm. there's not a lot you can do to get in their way. Uh, long-term, like temporarily might be able to prevent them from harming themselves, but ultimately that person's addiction is going to take over regardless, but it still doesn't mean the problem's any easier when it comes to trying to solve it, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was wondering if, I mean, I was just thinking about like how easy it was for Britney Spears' parents to throw her into a conservatorship. You know, it was like, you know, I, I don't know all the details about his life and what's going on with it. But yeah. That was, it seems like it was very easy. And that just always makes me think about you know, women versus men, how they're perceived, not just in Hollywood, but in the court. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all. Well, I think, too, I mean, that very well may be true. And also that was a number of years ago. And because of that very case, I think that anyone involved in making decisions about a conservatorship going forward is going to be on high alert Mm -hmm. to make sure that they're not making those same mistakes. Because I think by all accounts, people do recognize that that law was overused in the case of Britney Spears and that it has led to legislation and actual changing of laws Mm -hmm. to help people or protect people from from conservatorships that are not in their best interest. So I would hope that the judge in this case takes all of those things into account um, because certainly you wouldn't want somebody to, you know, repeat the errors that have already been made. Right. But I don't, I like, I don't get the impression that Brit or that, you know, Cher wants control of his money so that she can, oh, you God. know, spend it on herself. <laughs> right. At no. least we've never heard anything like that and you know maybe it's just because i love share that i don't want to believe something like that but at least there's no reporting that that's the case uh i did look up to see i i wasn't familiar with how greg allman 
from the Allman Brothers Band, if you don't know, um, how he passed away. He died from liver cancer. I thought maybe there was a history in the family hmm. of Oh, there could be. I mean, or, addiction is can be, you know, passed yeah, down through generations. Definitely. Um, yeah, this seems like something that isn't going to end anytime soon. Um, well, I mean, again, the other side of this, he would say that he, you know, he's been sober. He's getting yeah, help. He's, he's under the care AA of a doctor. Meetings, right. So, like, the judge ultimately is going to have to make a decision if he's, you know, if he's telling the truth. And if he is, I mean, it seems like he should be able to have the chance to do that for himself. For sure. Right? And if there is something in place where he has to report and, you know, do drug testing, that's, you know, if people sure. are not following those, you know. Well, you and know? I also don't know what the limits of the conservatorship would be. Like, you know, in the case of another conservatorship that we've talked about a lot, Amanda Bynes, her parents actually did that pretty successfully and in concert with her so that it wasn't like, you know, I'm trapping you in this jail of conservatorship. Yes. It's I'm going to make sure that these things are taken care of while you're getting the help that you need. Now, unlike Amanda Bynes, he doesn't seem to want that help. So mm, right. So that's certainly going to lead to conflict in this case. And hopefully they can figure it out before, you know, something bad happens. Yeah. And in the case of Amanda Bynes, if anything, you know, she was what seemed to be a lot of danger when she went missing and then yeah. she was seeing on video. Well, she was like on out somebody's driveway lighting things on fire. Remember a pet? Well, her dog did catch on fire. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm saying after that, like in the last couple of years, remember when she was missing and she was wandering around Hollywood, she was in Hollywood, like randomly just looking really out of it, like really yeah. blank inside. That was so scary. And people were taking advantage of her. Yeah. It was yeah. really sad. Yeah, uh, but she did end up okay. But in that case, I'm like, wow, maybe they shouldn't have ended the conservatorship. You just yeah. never know yeah. how much. Well, care she's gonna yeah, exactly, and it, it shows the difficult nature of this stuff that it's not just like everything's fine now. We can end and move on. There's still gonna. It's same with Britney. Like just because Britney's conservatorship ended doesn't mean the challenges that that led to the conservatorship, even though illegally or uh, at least immorally, mm-hmm. unethically, right? Doesn't mean that they don't exist. But. Right. Good luck to share. We wish her and Mr. Allman all the best. And if there are developments in that case in the next few weeks, we will certainly keep you up to date. But when we come back, we have to play a game. Why? Because that's what we do at the end of The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Each and every day, producer Mike comes up with a game show for us to play. What are we playing today? I don't know. But he'll tell us after he spins his wheel when we come back right here on my talk. Welcome back to the show, The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Thank you for being here with us today. If you just joined the show right now, you can listen to it in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts, including our show within a show, Blinded by the Item. Search for that anywhere you get your podcasts as well. And like and subscribe, please. Do it. If you have negative things to say about it, just tell your friend or keep it to yourself. But don't put it on the Internet. No. You can say whatever you want. You can tell us whatever you want. If you don't like the way we say a certain word or the clothes we're wearing on a particular day, even though oh. you can't see them, you know, feel free. We just want to feel the love. We want to know you're out there. That's right. That's what's most important. Just don't give I'm us a crappy review that. on yeah. the podcast platform. It's exactly. Yeah, that's right. Now let's get to a game with Mike. Time now to play along. It's Game Show Roulette. Here's your host, Mike Ganger. It's time for Game Show Roulette. We spin the wheel, we find out what game we're going to play, and then we play said game. There goes the wheel. Where will it stop? Nobody knows. Up, 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 up. 
You never quite know. It's okay. okay. That's uh, Card Sharks today. Now, keep in mind, we kind of changed the way we play Card Sharks a bit. Uh, It's less entertaining listening to people yell higher or lower and not seeing cards on the radio. So we're just playing the first part of Card Sharks, where I give you a question. One of you will set the line, what you think the answer as close as you can possibly get to that question. And then your opponent will either say higher or lower and will award points. Got it. It's that simple. It's Mm -hmm. very fun. You guys enjoy it. I'm going to flip a coin here, Dawn. It's Tuesday. You get to choose heads or tails. Tails. It is still flipping. Wow, why is this taking so long? It's tails again. Nicely done. Um, And uh, what do you, uh, do you want to go first or second? I will go second. You want to go second. All right. (laughs) That means, Bradley, you're going to set our first line again. There's going to be a point awarded every single time. Uh, You just set it as close to you think as the correct answer. Force your opponent to make a tough decision, higher or lower. And we move on from there. Are you ready? Yep. All right, Bradley, you've got your first question coming your way. Here it is. How many gallons of water are there in an Olympic-sized pool? Oh, Oh, God. God. How many gallons of water (laughs) do you think fit in an Olympic-sized pool? I think that there's probably how many gallons? Gallons of water, Olympic-sized pool. I'm going to say there are 6,000. Now, Dawn, you get to go either higher or lower than 6,000 gallons of water. I'm going to go higher. You're going to go higher? Is it higher than 6,000 gallons? First point's going to Dawn. Wow. Bradley, you want to know how much higher? Okay, so originally like a lot I was going to say 60,000, and then I was like, that's too many. So then I just cut out a zero. What was the correct answer? If you would have said 60,000 and then multiplied your answer by 10 Whoa. and then added it to your original answer, you what? would have been exactly right. 660,000 gallons. That's a lot of oh. gallons of water. But you got to think, one gallon of water, that's just I maybe thought about a tiny pouring it in a swimming pool that was yeah, empty. I don't know and how I big thought, oh, it's a lot. Swimming pool is. Yeah, that's not like I've spent a lot of time around those. Well, there you go. First point's going to Dawn. No worries. Good job. We're going to go back over to you, Dawn. You get to answer this first one here for you as we're playing little card tricks today, at least our way of playing it. The American Kennel Club recognizes this many breeds of dog. And this is based on the most recent information I could find. My source for this game uh, had an incorrect answer, so then I tried to figure it out. I gave it the best opportunity. So Um, how many breeds of dog do you think the American Kennel Club recognizes at this time? My first thought in my head, and I'm going to go with that, Mm -hmm. well, 145. 145 breeds of dog. Bradley? Think it's higher or lower than 145 breeds of dog? It's lower than that. Is it lower than 145 br- breeds of dog? Uh, it is oh, not. Dog's going to get that second point once again. Uh, 200 on the nose right now. Wow. Oh, that is so many. I didn't think there were that many breeds of dog. Obviously, I believe the UK uh, club uh, recognizes 222, wow. but I believe the American Kennel Club is right at 200 exactly. That's a lot of dogs. up this last year, unless I, like, again, my sources are off. Well, that's close enough. Uh, 200 is going to be the correct answer. I need to get some points. Give me some points. You need to make up some points. Uh, Don, that means you get to go first here again. you got to set the, or wait, no, Bradley. Bradley, you're going to set the line on this one. Here we go. Bradley, how many albums did Led Zeppelin take to number one in the 1970s specifically? In the 70s? In the 70s, how many albums did Led Zeppelin reach number one with? Ten year span. Four. 
four. Don, higher or lower than four albums? What happens if I get the correct answer? You win. That's the advantage oh, okay. of going first. Yeah. yeah. If you get it correct, you get the point. that's ever going to happen, but okay. Um, well, this was their heyday, so I'm going to say higher. If it's higher, we've got a three point lead for Dawn very early in this game and a potential opportunity to shut it out in the next question. How many albums did Led Zeppelin have in the 1970s to reach number one? Bradley said four. Dawn says higher than four. Is it higher than four albums? It most certainly Dawn! is. Seven. Away with it. Seven okay. albums Seven reached album. number one for Led Zeppelin in the 70s. Even That's if insane. I had come up with a different number, it would not have been as high as seven. So, yeah. Good job. Black Dog is my favorite song. There you go. And I really, really thought Robert Plant was super hot in his heyday. In his heyday. I don't think I saw him in his heyday. I've just seen him now. Yeah, Yeah, I don't don't even know if I could pick him out of a lineup. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Bradley, I don't think I need to I know there's you got to get the rest. It's fine. There's there's plenty of hope. You can't win them all. There's plenty of hope. You've got four questions remaining. You've got to get all of them. I don't know. Make it exciting. Get the next three. That'd be okay, kind I'll of fun. try. I'll try. Uh, all right, uh, Don, you're going to give us a guess here on this next one. Are you ready? Yes. How many episodes were produced of the television show Gunsmoke? Oh, God. <laughs> the TV show Gunsmoke. How many episodes did they produce? It was always on on Saturday mornings after cartoons. I'm like, please get me out of this hell. Put on Gunsmoke? this old house. Anything I but Gunsmoke. I was like Soul Train. Okay, I will say... Um, How many episodes were produced of the TV show Gunsmoke? I will say 220. 220. Bradley, is it higher or lower than 220? Mind you, you have to get this one right to keep the game in <sighs> Because I feel like shows used to be like 20 episodes a year, and that would be like 10 years, and it couldn't be that much. So I want to say lower, but then something just is telling me that it's higher. So I'm just going to go with my something tells me, even though my rational thinking mind says mm. otherwise, higher. Something's telling you higher. Might as well just get shut out. Is it more than <laughs> two? What did you say, Don, by the way? 220. 220. Is it higher than 220? It most certainly <gasps> is. Bradley's on the yes, board with a point. Finally! Uh, try 635 <gasps> episodes. What? So they obviously were doing more than 20 yeah. a year. Wow. Oh, I thought like lot. 22 episodes a season, 10 years. That's how I, I don't know how back long in the day. I think they ran, just literally, you know, like it was every night started a camera running, and an hour later they're like, "Well, we got three episodes." It was 20 seasons of Gunsmoke. Whoa, 55 to 75. Wow, and they oh, ran a that's lot amazing. of episodes a season. So okay. there you go. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Bradley keeps the game alive. He needs on, to get these help. next two to force the tiebreaker. We move on to our next question. And uh, Bradley, you're going to be setting the line on this one. What percentage of the U.S. population is left-handed? I should know this because I am. And I don't because I am. <laughs> That's right. Me too. What percentage of the U.S. population is left-handed? I'm going to say it's a very low percentage. Um, it's probably something like... Oof. I'm going to say 12, 14%. Oh 12, 14%. All right. 14% is where it's at. Don, are you going higher or lower than 14%? Well, I was going to say 12. So I'll go lower. You'll go lower. Again, if you get this one if right, it's 12, not I'm a good gonna, idea, though. I'm going to do Can I change it? No. You can do anything you want. No, I will can't. change it to higher. 
Because right. percentage-wise, that gives you more of a chance. So you're going to go higher yeah. than 14%. All right. Again, the, if it's uh, 12. Uh, what percentage of U.S. population is left-handed? If this is higher than 14%, Dawn's going to be our winner today. Otherwise, Bradley keeps the game alive. Is it higher than 14%? It is not. The point's going to Bradley. Dawn! You could have locked it up, Dawn. You should have gone with you your stuck gut. with your gut. What was it? 13%. Oh, yep. Lord 13%. in heaven. 13%. All right, we got two more we have to get to here right. very quickly. Okay. Uh, Bradley, if you get this one right, you're going to force okay, the tiebreaker, it and it's it going to be the biggest comeback opportunity of all time. Crack oh. a window, air it out. Okay, uh, how many missions did the U.S. Space Shuttle fly in the 30-year span between 1981 and 2011? How many missions this did the... This is me? Yep. Yeah. How oh, many hell. missions did the U.S. Space Shuttle fly in the 30 years between the 81 and and 2011. Um, Need an answer. Running out of time. Awkward silence. 42. 42. Is it higher or lower <laughs> than 42, Bradley? I'm going to say it's higher, Bob. If it's higher, we're going to a tiebreaker. Is it higher? Yes, it is. Tiebreaker, baby! 135 missions in that 30 years. Uh Uh-oh. Bradley, I need you to set a line very quickly here. The average person blinks this many times in a single day. Blinks? Blinks. Uh, I'm going to say 12, 6,000. 12, 6,000. 6,000, Bob. Dawn, is it over or under 6,000? Let me give, let me do some quick math here. We got 20 seconds. Mm, I would say. You have a 50-50 chance. I would say higher. If it's higher, you are going to be our winner today, and you're going to be the the biggest comeback of all time. If not, the biggest comeback we've ever seen is going to happen right here and now. Is it higher than 6,000? It is 16,800. Dawn is our winner today. Good job. Oh, I wish I could apply I that knowledge best. to real life, but I can't. Congratulations. I tr- well, this is real life, honey. Yeah. Kind I mean, of, it's not low really. stakes, but still here. <laughs> We're no here. Uh, Mike, thank you for that wonderful game. Listeners, thank you for listening. And of course, if you miss any part of this episode or any other episode, you can download back uh, episodes wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget Blinded by the Item. Up next, Lori and Julia. We'll see you tomorrow.